Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Peacock streaming new movies every week at PeacockTV.com. We'll have the biggest movies from the Twilight Saga to Selma and Bad Boys 1 and 2. Bad Boys for life. All your favorite movies like Die Hard, The Matrix Trilogy, and Good Will Hunting. That's the good stuff. Plus, movies the whole family will love. How to Train Your Dragon, the Harry Potter film series, Brilliant. and Shrek 1 and 2. It's so good to be home. With tons of blockbuster hits, you can't not watch. Sign up at PeacockTV.com. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too, right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason Momoa had a few words for a reporter who asked him about the depiction of sexual assault in Game of Thrones. Alicia Vikander defended Eddie Redmayne from critics who say he shouldn't have played a trans woman. And writer and researcher Angelica Jasper explains how a life of constant screen time is literally making us sick. It's August 3rd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So, Casey, I'm, I'm sure you saw because you're actually the one watching the Olympics <laughs> and not me. But I saw this news and I was so excited. But Simone Biles, she competed um, after withdrawing from other competitions. She went back and she competed in the gymnastics balance beam final and she won a medal, a bronze medal. I'm so happy for her. This is a good way to end it because I'm sure like she I cannot even begin to process all the emotions that she's feeling, you know, so I feel like this is nice for her to at least to go back to the sport that she loves and stuff like that. Also, this made me this also made me like think um, when you were like, oh, Casey, you're the one who's actually watching it. Shiloh, what would you say if I told you that the Winter Olympics are in six to seven months? Uh, okay. So my first thing is I knew that there was a winter Olympics, but also I didn't know that there was a, like, like I knew that as like a logical thing, but just what, what there's like skiing. Okay. See, this is not the reaction, Shiloh. This is absolutely shocking. Are are you don't know that the Winter Olympics exist? I'm genuinely confused what you're trying to say now. So like I was I, just telling you that the years are off because of COVID. And so we're getting it sooner. The way you're talking makes me think you don't know what the Winter Olympics are. So like with Summer Olympics, I can name at least like five things that are like, oh, gosh, you know, Shyla. there's like the running and then the gymnastics and the volleyball. But with the with the winter ones, there's skiing and maybe like is luge a word? 
Yeah, you somehow got luge before ice skating. So oh, right. ice skating. Okay, so <laughs> I kind of just like block it out of my head. I think anything related to winter or snow, I'm just like that doesn't exist in the that universe. That is fair. <laughs> you do hate the cold. <laughs> okay, so moving on. In an interview with the New York Times, Jason Momoa decided not to let a reporter slide after he asked a question that left the actor feeling, quote, icky. The reporter asked Jason if he thought differently about scenes in which his character, Khal Drogo, sexually assaulted Daenerys. At first, Jason replied, quote, it's not my job to go, would I not do it? I've never really been questioned about, do you regret playing a role? We'll put it this way. I already did it. Not doing it again. Later, though, towards the end of the interview, Jason circled back and said the question, quote, bummed him out and that it feels, quote, icky to put the responsibility of a character's actions on the actor playing them. You know, I also like think that this is one of those situations where it's like, don't always just read the headline, read the whole quote inside the piece, because a lot of the headlines I was seeing that was like implying that he thought the question was icky, which led me to believe that he thought it was inappropriate for the reporter to ask about a very valid question. But it's like, no, I get what I get what he's saying. It's like he's an actor. And to be fair, I don't think Jason Momoa was in a ton of stuff before Game of Thrones or that's where he became like of real prominence. So when you're an actor in that situation, you get a role, you say the lines, you do what they direct you to do. So yeah, at the end of the day, that goes to the showrunners and the writers who wrote those scenes and created them, you know? So it's like, I get that. He's like, hey, that's not on me. But I guess that, you know, it's a tough situation because it's like, you also are the face of the show, you know? No, I totally agree. I feel like it's not fair for actors to be held accountable for the entire series. You know, that's actually so interesting because one of the other stories I wanted to talk about today was Alicia Vikander. While she's doing promotion for a film, she was asked about Eddie's role in The Danish Girl. And she said she thinks Eddie did a, quote, wonderful job. And she understands the criticism because, quote, we need to make change and we need to make sure that trans men and women actually get a foot in and get work. Eddie himself has addressed the backlash in the past, telling IndieWire he hopes, quote, there's a day when there are more trans actors and trans actresses playing trans parts, but also cisgender parts okay so i have a couple of feelings one i i don't know this might be a little hypocritical from what i just said but i feel like it's a little bit different because this is an actual movie i feel like with game of thrones you know that's like one he was one minor character he was only in one season and yes there were there was like a scene of sexual assault but it's not his entire character whereas with this this is the entire movie and i know but i'm but i'm saying it shouldn't be lobbed at her Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Yes. Um, and I think I'm, but him, yes. He's the one. Eddie Eddie Redmayne took the role. The, he should be answering those questions. Right. I agree. And I mean, I think it's great that she did say something when she probably didn't have to. Um, but again, this is all up to the powers that be in Hollywood. They should be casting the right people for these roles. Yeah. And it, 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 really, like, behind the scenes, it's like we truly do not even know what goes on. Like, the decisions that are made. But yeah, when we're talking about Eddie Redmayne, that was probably a decision to be like, okay, yes, I could get an Oscar for this, but also maybe I shouldn't be the person for this role. But let's be real about Hollywood. If he had said no, they would have just gone to they another cisgender actor. They would have just gone to someone else. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're taking a look at the reality of something called cyber sickness and what you can do to prevent your screen from literally making you sick. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. 
It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Thursday, February 10th. Kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022. Delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors. Presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. We controlled the courts. We controlled absolutely everything. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free. Until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. From my perspective, Bob was too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with this. I wouldn't trust that guy. He looks like a little scumbag liar, stool pigeon. He looked like what he was, a rat. I can say with all certainty, I think he's a hero because he didn't have to do what he did, and he did it anyway. The moment I put the wire on the first time, my life was over. If it ever got out, they would kill me in a heartbeat. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. So, question. Do you ever feel like the light from your computer makes its way through your eyes and into your throbbing head? Do you feel nauseous after looking at your phone and not just because you accidentally scrolled through Twitter for a few seconds? You may want to chalk those things up to the normal strains from too much screen time. But they're also part of a very real condition called cybersickness. However, there is a way to avoid that sick feeling from all of your many screens. Researcher at Design Interactive, Angelica Jasper, recently wrote about the reality of cybersickness in a piece for Mike and joins us now with how you can keep your devices from making you miserable. Physically, at least. <laughs> Hi, Angelica. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So, you know, as I learned from your piece, a lot of us are basically setting ourselves up for a perfect storm of cyber sickness all day long, which, to be honest, I didn't want to know. Okay, so (laughs) no, thank you. But could you kind of give us a baseline understanding of cyber sickness and what types of symptoms people experience through just everyday devices? Yeah, so cyber sickness is very similar to motion sickness. So you're going to experience these symptoms just in the absence of physical motion. So when we're talking about cyber sickness, it falls into three major categories. We have nausea symptoms, so things like upset stomach, burping, discomfort, ocular motor distress. So those are things related to your eyes. So things like blurred vision, eye strain, difficulty concentrating, and your just general disorientation. And so those are what we're going to be seeing with cyber sickness in general. And we're, we're talking about everyday cyber sickness issues from things like computer use, phone use. You're going to see a lot of those eye symptoms. So particularly that eye strain, headaches, um, and visual fatigue uh, that we're all probably experiencing a lot of right now. Yeah. Again, I don't like that you're describing my life, but okay. <laughs> 
You know, so I'm guessing the answer is an overwhelming yes, but has the past year contributed to an uptick of this affliction due to so many people working from home? I would guess a strong yes. You know, we're replacing our in-person meetings, you know, talking in the office, maybe collaboratively working on things with at-home screen time. And so we're just going to be seeing more and more people using it. Ergo, we're going to have a higher level of that cyber sickness given just pandemic craziness and everything. Oh, so scary. So, I mean, these symptoms seem pretty basic and benign on paper. I mean, still not great, but, you know, do we know any like lingering or long-term effects that this might have? Yeah. So this really kind of depends on the individual and what type of device you're using. So you're going to maybe have some headaches that that go on, uh, definitely eye strain. So something that happens to me and you might experience this also is after you've had a day where you've been really uh, focused on the computer, maybe you've been really working on a document, things like that. Even when you step away from that computer, your eyes hurt. It's hard to focus on another screen and your day is kind of shot. So we we do see some of these symptoms that linger on um, and can really affect you and how you feel for the rest of the day. Now, if we're talking about other types of devices, sometimes those symptoms can last longer, um, but it is definitely going to impact people who are just um, a little bit more susceptible um, to that screen fatigue and are not taking the steps to protect themselves. And, you know, while there isn't total agreement among researchers about why people experience cyber sickness, what are some of the most supported theories out there or like the biggest ones that people talk about? Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, so our number one theory, or in my mind, the number one theory, they're all kind of going in circles, uh, is your sensory conflict theory. And so what this basically says is that what you are seeing with your eyes is not matching what your vestibular system, which controls balance, is experiencing. So we call this a visual vestibular conflict. And so it's basically your brain can't process this discord between what your eyes are seeing and what your body is physically experiencing. So that's going to cause sickness. Now, another really prevalent theory, which comes out of the motion sickness area, but is applied in uh, cyber sickness research a lot, is called the postural instability theory, basically balance and things related to balance. And so the idea behind this is that greater levels of postural instability are going to precede any experiences of cyber sickness. And when you're feeling sick, those uh, postural instability issues are going to last and they're going to continue to last until you resolve this sickness. So people who just naturally have a little bit more postural instability are likely going to be more susceptible to cyber sickness. Okay. So I also want to talk about AR and VR technology, you know, AKA advanced technology that involves motion, like in gaming, can that cause cyber sickness? But like, on steroids? Yeah. So when we think about VR and AR, that's where we're actually primarily talking about cyber sickness in the research. This is going to be happening for a lot of reasons, but you're going to feel a lot more severe symptoms in VR and AR, especially if you're an individual who is susceptible or it's software that's making you really susceptible. So when you're thinking about virtual reality, this sickness looks a little bit different than in augmented reality or even just conventional screen time. So with VR, you're going to feel a lot more of the nausea symptoms and it's going to get more severe the longer you're in uh, virtual reality. Whereas with AR, it's going to be more of the ocular motor and disorientation issues, whereas nausea is not going to bother you so much. And there is some new research that's just kind of starting to pop up that might suggest that the longer you're in AR, you actually can become acclimated to it and become less uh, cyber sick. So it's really, really interesting, but you will definitely experience it more severely in the VR and the AR areas. Okay, so if we are experiencing cyber sickness, 
sickness? What kinds of basic things can we do to offset this once we start to feel the symptoms come on? And Angelica, I need you to know I'm going to be upset with you if you tell me to stop watching TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I wouldn't be able to tell myself to stop watching TikTok, so I definitely won't tell you to do that. I will say um, with your conventional screens, like your phone, your your computer, taking breaks is going to be one of your biggest friends. So usually if you can take a break before you're really starting to feel that eye strain and that headache, that's going to do you a lot of good. So step away for five, 10 minutes and just give your eyes a rest. Something that I also really like to use are blue light glasses. That helps with the eye strain of um, the blue light that's admitted from your screens. And then also if you are able to kind of zoom in on your screens a little bit so your eyes aren't as strained looking at them, that will really, really help. Now, if we're thinking about VR and AR, it gets a little bit more complex because it's still a really growing area that's still building and we're still learning a lot about it. But we do have some evidence up for things like paced diaphragmatic breathing. So that's your really deep breathing from like your stomach. That can help reduce some of your feelings. Motion sickness medications, those tend to help because they'll block some of the synapse and things that are kind of triggering some of these symptoms. There is some evidence for air cushions, which are these really, really soft and squishy um, cushions that you put on your seat. And those are supposed to help with a little bit of the nausea symptoms. I think some of the idea behind that being that it's helping with that postural instability and that sway that you've got going. And then there's also some, a little bit of evidence for um, tactile stimulation. So if you have a task with your hands, it helps you focus and it takes some of the focus away from those actual feelings that you're experiencing. I always say also though, the biggest thing to help is going to be taking your breaks. They kind of recommend you take at least a 10 to 30 minute break every so often to help with those symptoms and really reset your system. This might be a silly question, but okay, let's say I take those breaks. Are my eyes closed? Do I like, am I taking a nap? Like, do I, do I look at like, is reading also bad during that break or like watching TV, like something that still uses my eyes? Yeah. So that's a great question. So there's something that we call natural decay. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) It doesn't sound good. But what it basically means is just kind of sitting still and just like looking out a window. So not necessarily focusing in your eyes on anything, but just relaxing, working on the breathing and just letting your your body kind of come down for about 10 minutes afterwards. We have some evidence um, of real natural decay or real world natural decay uh, in comparison to like um, a natural decay scenario in virtual reality where you're just looking at a virtual maybe field or something also compared to doing some hand-eye coordination techniques and practices where the natural decay still works the most effectively. So that will help you a lot just kind of sitting and relaxing. But I would say you don't necessarily have to read if you can just let your eyes kind of exist without having to focus really closely on things. That's going to be a big help. Okay. So those are some precautions we can take on a daily basis. But, you know, as this technology advances, do you see efforts to increase awareness about this issue coming into play? Like, could it eventually be recognized by health boards or insurance companies, especially as more people continue to work remotely? Yeah, so this is a really prominent issue right now. So with all of these technologies, it's still really growing. There's a lot of research and development efforts to make these hardwares and softwares more cyber sickness friendly and just more accessible for people in general. We know that all of um, these technologies, both VR, AR, phones, computers. This is a really, really fast growing industry and it's being applied to things like medical, business, education. So it's becoming a big issue that we really need to be aware of. So I already know that there's some awareness in terms of like insurance and law. And let me give you a a hypothetical scenario about why this is something that is becoming more and more prominent. So say you're playing a game 
and you've been playing it for a while and you're, you're like at your friend's house or something. And then you're starting to get a headache. It's just, you've reached your wall when you're playing. So you, you pack up, you go head home, but because you have a little bit of maybe blurry vision or difficulty concentrating, you run into a tree with your car. Who is then liable for that accident? Is it going to be this gaming company that uh, made this game that wasn't necessarily friendly to uh, these cyber sickness symptoms? Is it the hardware company that created maybe like a headset, for example, that doesn't fit your head quite properly, so it's causing more symptoms? Is it you because you're the one who crashed? It creates these kind of um, complex issues of liability. So it's something that's definitely growing and definitely going to be something that people are going to be more aware of as we're moving forward. And researchers and developers like myself, we're working to try to figure out who is the most susceptible, like why are they susceptible, and how do we make technologies that are going to be easier for more people to use so we can really support the development of these technologies. So I'm not a gamer by any means, and so I don't know if this already exists, but are there like warnings when you play a game or like limits does it say like you know we recommend you play for only like six hours or something does that exist and if not do you think that this could be something like in terms of the liability that they start adding so i'm not sure in terms of just traditional video games i imagine that there are some types of warnings out there i know with vr games and vr is very commercially available at this point um you can go into the stores and there are warnings and there's for example with oculus which is facebook's uh, vr headset you get something called comfort ratings so like low medium high comfort ratings. And that's going to let you know if one of these games is more likely to make you sick. So they do exist um, for some things. I'm not sure how widespread that is, but it's definitely, I think, something that's going to continue to grow, probably to protect companies and the individuals who are using their products. Well, this has given me a lot to think about and I'm going to take my breaks. I'm going to stare at the wall. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm happy to share all of this information with everyone. All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, if you're a cisgender actor, you don't have to take transgender roles. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast Waiting on reparations, we be the illest podcast Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay We fight for the people cause they got us in the worst way From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye From the left enclave to what the neocons say Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation And, and break us off with some bread cause we waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, 
community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635-635. It takes all of us to advance social justice.